0: Welcome to the Rick Fuller Podcast, presented by Rick Fuller, the team leader of the Rick Fuller team, which serves the San Francisco Bay Area and the greater Sacramento region. Rick and his team have over 1,000 five-star reviews and have been honored as a distinguished small business by the California State Senate and Assembly. Rick is a community leader, national real estate coach, and real estate investing expert. We all have scoreboards in our life, but how closely do we update and pay attention to them? Join a Rick Fuller team meeting and learn which three scoreboards Rick recommends that we monitor closely and which behaviors you should track to ensure a healthy business.
1: You should know this. I never bring you a topic I'm not very intentional about. So it's not like I wake up in the morning and say, I want to talk to you about this. Like I have thought through what I'm going to share with you and why I'm going to share it with you and what we're, where we're going. So we're going somewhere with this topic and it'll take a couple of meetings to get there but i think you will love the final outcome see we all have scoreboards in our life don't we either you have unintentional scoreboards or you have intentional scoreboards you know let me give you a couple of unintentional scoreboards how many people unintentionally if you're if you're bold enough to confess this would say their bank account is a scoreboard like they they look at the bank account balance and say mm-hmm. honey we're going out to dinner That'd tonight <laughs> Uh, or they look at their bank account balance and say, we're going on vacation. Like it's an unintentional scoreboard. And we use that scoreboard to you know, make decisions, often financial decisions. Maybe you look at your bank account and say, I'm going to sleep good tonight. right? I got a little bit of money in my bank account. Uh, another scoreboard we use is our, our, our watch, our clock, our phone, right? Like the time. I'm on time. I'm late. It's a good day. I arrived early to everything. It's a bad day. I arrived late to everything. Like we use our watch as a scoreboard. I think we do this unintentionally. You know, I got home at five. I was able to do this today. I got to the gym at this time. And we use the watch as a scoreboard kind of unintentional. We're not thinking it through that it's a scoreboard, but it applies a kind of a pressure, a focus, um, even a direction for us. Another scoreboard we often use is our gas gauge. Now, here's time of confession. If you are a quarter of a tank person and you feel like at that moment you have to stop and get gas, raise your hand. Mm -hmm. If you're a quarter of a tank person and you say, I've got this. The gas light hasn't even come on. I can can at least get to SFO and back on this quarter tank of gas. Raise your hand. Yeah, I know some of you. Some of you I've driven with, and, and this, this gauge or this scoreboard absolutely means nothing to you. I remember I had a car when I was uh, probably 17 years old, and the dashboard looked like a Christmas tree light, like the check engine lights on, the oil change lights on, this lights on. And I learned that the fastest way to fix it was to put some black electrical tape over the scoreboard so I didn't have to look at it, right? Then obviously it fixed the problem. So these are unintentional scoreboards. We don't think of them as scoreboards, but man, they are influencing your decisions. Yes. Say yes, because they are. Today, I want to talk to you about three areas of your life. And uh, Jesus and I are going to kind of go back and forth on this that I, I really think you ought to have a scoreboard for. And I'm strongly suggesting you make it not unintentional, like the gas gauge, the bank account, and your watch, but to make it very intentional. And so, Christina, are you on the call? LG, do you have my slides? Okay. The Magnificent Morales. She's kind of like the Wizard of Oz. Remember, Oz in the back doesn't answer, just puts up things, you know, on the screen. He's behind the curtain. So uh, today we're going to talk about scoreboard. We're talking about micro scoreboards and macro scoreboards. Uh, Let me focus for you first on what I call the financial scoreboard, because this is the very first area I want you to have a scoreboard. Next slide. Friends, this is, uh, well, we're going to talk about three. We'll talk about finance, we'll talk about health, and we'll talk about business. These are the three scoreboards I'm asking you to be intentional with. And you go, Rick, finance and health have nothing to do with the real estate business. You couldn't be more wrong. If you get your real estate business right and you compromise either your finance to do it or your health, I would even add your relationships to do it, you have really lost. If you have, if you have put so many hours in, you have no time to take care of your health or manage your finances, you're cheating. Like you, you need to make sure that you keep your finances healthy and your health healthy as well as your business. So yeah, we're gonna talk about all three of them. Next slide. So the first one, i get to talk to you about your finance scoreboard. So I am advocating that you have a financial scoreboard, okay? And there are a lot of things you can put on a financial scoreboard. Here's a sample scoreboard. I think I pulled Wendy's scoreboard. Wendy, is this your financial scoreboard that I have here with your net worth and your total debts and your total assets? No, this is just off the internet. I'm just messing with you. I didn't pull from her financial scoreboard. But you ought to have one. Uh, Personally, I use Charles Schwab to do this. There's no cost as long as you have a Schwab account. And it will put together a scoreboard. And I think there are four areas you want to look at on this scoreboard financially that you're going to want to manage. The first one, you definitely want to have your retirement on it. You totally need to have your retirement identified. I don't care whether it's stocks, whether it's bonds, whether it's mutual funds, like that's between you and your financial advisor, but you ought to have a scoreboard and you ought to visit your money on a reoccurring basis. If you're a professional, I don't know how you go more than a month without revisiting and looking at this scoreboard and having a strategy to move it forward. Number two, you better have your reserves there. In other words, if you're a real estate professional, you should have three to six months expenses set aside in the bank account. You drop below three, we should be doing things to build that up. So you should have a scoreboard that tells you, are you at one, are you at two, are you at six months worth of reserves financially for you as a business? Rick, be positive. I am positive you need to have reserves. The business has ebbs and flows, especially in real estate. One month, you can afford a Mercedes. The next month, you won't be able to afford a gas for the Mercedes. How do you ebb and flow through that? You have some reserves to make sure you're covered. Uh, Number three, and I'm moving through these quickly because we have so much to share with you today. The third area, financially, I want you to have a scoreboard. I want your real estate on there. Okay? And I mean real estate, plural. If you're a real estate professional, the biggest catalyst is you not advocating for real estate. It's you owning real estate yourself. You owning investment property, commercial property, residential property, short-term, long-term property, in-state, out-of-state, is the greatest thing that you can do for yourself and for your business. Why? Because people want to hear what you're doing, not what you read. They want to hear about what's working, not what you think might work. And so this is a lifelong endeavor. It doesn't start. It doesn't happen overnight, but you want to monitor your real estate. You ought to have a scoreboard that keeps track of your real estate. And number four, you ought to keep track of your residual income. Residual income. What do I mean by that? Well, if you have real estate, it is the greatest residual income generator in the history of finance. It's the greatest vehicle that provides residual income. In other words, for residual income, rental income. Isn't that residual? It's the greatest residual. So tracking that. So what did I give you? I gave you four R's. I'll drop in the chat box an entire video we did on this topic. Make sure you're monitoring financially, your retirement, your real estate, your reserves, and your residual. Now, if you do this and you visit this on an ongoing basis, what you measure moves. What matters to you, you want to measure. If these things are important to you, create a scoreboard. There's a variety of apps to do this. There's a variety of websites to do this. I've already shared with you the one that I use. And you can start moving your finances forward. When I look back on my life, uh, and I have failed forward, I have made all the mistakes um, and probably will make even more. Uh, So as I look back on my life, I think I grew in really over uh, the course of my life in this area. In my 20s, it was all about my gross income. Matter of fact, I moved from uh, Northern California to Southern California for a 25 cent raise. Many of you, I told that story to. It was all about my income. And then in my late 20s, I started realizing the value of taking that income and making it into net worth, owning real estate, increasing your net worth. What is net worth? Your assets minus your debts equals your net worth. And then in my late, in my early 40s, I really started learning the value of passive income. Today, my focus is mostly on how do I both increase my income, also my net worth, but I am very much concerned with passive income. How do I have our dollars working for me rather than me working for my dollars? It's a very fundamentally different shift. I didn't think that way in my 20s. I didn't think that way in my Early 30s. Now I think a lot more about how do I grow passive residual income? All of this can be tracked on a financial scoreboard. Let's go to scoreboard number two. Hey, Sus, you're up to bat. Uh, pun intended, by the way. Talk to us a little about health scoreboards and what you track and monitor from your health perspective.
0: Hey, guys. Um, So Rick asked me to talk a little bit about the scoreboard and um, super last minute (laughs) asked me to really correlate it with our lead and lag measures. So I put this together, these ideas, super quick, and I don't think it's it's very much overthinking. Um, But I think there's some daily, weekly lead measures that we should be measuring in our health, because I've realized in real estate, We get so tied up in our business. We get so tied up in our family, in our community. Uh, We forget the most important thing, uh, and that's ourself. And um, so I think some of the daily and weekly lead measures that we can take, um, I've kind of made a couple different, uh, a list of things. So I think tracking your daily steps is going to be significant um, in your health. And when you're tracking steps and you have a device that track your steps, uh, our phone could be used as a device. You just you don't need a fancy watch or anything like that. But setting a goal for yourself is daily steps. Um, it's holding you accountable. If you're achieving that goal, uh, it's going to definitely help you towards I think daily steps to me is compared to our calls. Right, like we want to make our calls. You know, we want to meet our daily numbers for our calls, our weekly number for our calls, and daily steps. I think thirty minutes of activity a day, um, whether it's walking, um, you know, taking the kids to the park, bike rides, swimming, find Zumba dancing, um, find about something to do thirty minutes a day to really help you with your activity. And I think what's what's very important to um would be monitoring how much water you intake uh we know hydration is important and really keeping track of how much water you drink daily and weekly uh is very important to your health um and I think there are some good strategies because I've realized not everyone likes water um I love water honestly water is probably one of the only drinks that I drink but if um you find it difficult to drink water. I think it's, it's really good to just add like some lemon slices in there, um, squeeze a lemon in there. You can put some fruit, some cucumber, something to, to make it really refreshing and uh, to kind of add some flavor to it. But measuring your water is extremely important. And I always recommend if, if you can, about a gallon a day. Uh, if you can't achieve a gallon a day, I think a good rule of thumb is your body weight in ounces. You take that number and chop it in half. So to the next measure, two servings of vegetables and fruits daily, uh, what you put into your body is important. So I think these are two things that you should be measuring and having, um, you know, I would say even two to three servings of vegetables a day. One of those being like a fruit, you know, like a kind of a snack during throughout the day. Um, And I know vegetables can be picky. So find your favorite veggies and splurge on them. Um, Another great tip is, Three servings of protein a day, Uh, depending on your goals. You know, I think this could be skewed a little bit. These numbers could be skewed a little bit, but it's definitely important that we put clean, healthy proteins in our body. You know, um, I think us as realtors, we're always living our life on the go. So sometimes it's easy for us to stop at Jack in a Box. It's easy for us to stop at McDonald's. But those aren't the type of proteins that I'm talking about. Uh, I'm talking about sufficient proteins, uh, lean, you know, lean beef, uh, chicken, turkey, things as such, and um, preferably homemade if you can. And if you don't like homemade food, I think one of my favorite healthiest restaurants here in town is Muscle Makers in Antioch off Lone Tree. Amazing food. uh, And it has health in mind. And another uh, place that I love is in Brentwood. It's in the streets of Brentwood. It's called Salad Makers. Um, and they have some really great healthy options as well that I think the whole family could enjoy. Um, which leads me into my monthly lag measures. I feel like if you taking your if you're tracking your steps, tracking your daily activity, how much water you're intake, your vegetables, fruits, and protein intake, I think that's going your monthly la- lag measures, you're gonna see a couple different things. Um, cater to your goals. You're gonna see 10 to 15 pounds either gained or lost, right? If you're wanting to gain muscle, um, you're going to definitely see, you know, some weight gained. If you're trying to lose weight, um, I think with, with this mindset and with some of these daily lead measures, we'll be able to achieve that 10 to 25 pounds loss a, a month. And also think too, um, everyone's goals are different, you know? So once again, you know, you, you, have to adjust some of these to your goals. Uh, but for some people, it doesn't always have to be losing weight, but it could be inches. It could be getting into that that outfit that you took on your first real estate, uh, your first real estate photo that you no longer fit into. Um, so that could be a big victory and just losing five, five to 15 inches a month. And I think another good monthly lag measure, we talk about the steps, you know, how important steps are. I think we're always sitting down, whether we're driving, whether we're at the office, whether we're at our home. Um, So I definitely think achieving, you know, about 200,000 steps a month would be awesome. And if you average that out, that's that's about less than 7000 steps a day. So um, to be active, we want to be at about 10,000 steps a day. So um, I think I'm past my window uh, and I appreciate your time if you guys have any questions about those weekly lead measures or monthly lag measures um, I'm here to help you guys I'm here to share my testimonial and knowledge appreciate you Rick thank you. Thank you Asus you know you may not know this but the reason I asked
1: Asus to do this is he's been in the health business. Uh, you know him as a successful real estate professional, but before that, he was uh, in the healthcare business, worked at a local gym. At one time, he weighed over 265 pounds, and he dropped like 80 pounds. And so not only does he know what to do, he's helped a ton of people do it. Um, and and he's it's not this is not a theory for him. He's been there. He's done that. So the third, thank you, Jesus. Appreciate you, buddy. Third area I want to cover with you, and we're going to make this one real quick. And it's your business scoreboard. And we're going to actually, we have spent a ton of man hours and we've spent thousands and thousands of dollars on a scoreboard that you're going to be able to see coming soon. So I can't give you all the details away, but there's really two things I want you to think about tracking. Okay. And we'll just keep it that as simple as that. Next slide, Christina. First thing I want you to track are the numbers on your pathway. Okay, so these numbers you should track. Now I don't care right now if you track them on a cocktail napkin or or what. Sync is the best solution to track them, but you got to track them. You you really need to know how many additions to your SY, how many contacts you're making, how many real estate-related posts, how many reviews, how many continuing education. We call those lead measures. Because you do those and they produce lag measures. By the way, you do this through sync. It automatically tracks it for you. You can look at your own scoreboard right there in sync and see the progress that you're making. So, we know that if you do these items, you can re- obtain the annual net income goal that we have um, and that you can set for yourself. And you could choose one year you could do 100,000, next year you do 200, the following year you could do 300,000, whatever be your preference. We want to give you the pathway to do it. And that to me is the first thing we want to track both the lead and lag measure. The second thing we want you to track, next slide. We want you to track your conversion ratios. Now, I talked to you about this for the last four weeks, didn't I? What we call the OSP, the organized sales process. And I won't go through all the details. Uh, today, I want to talk to you not about the bases, but the line between the bases, because that's what you ought to be tracking you got to be tracking how many contacts does it take to make a customer defined by the five things. How many customers do you need in order to have a client? And how many clients do you need to have a contract? And how many contracts do you need in order to close? And if you know those ratios, we can then work on this to help you become better base hitters, put more people on base, and to move them around the bases. So tracking your conversion between the bases is the second area that is really critical in your real estate business to track. Very difficult to say, I'm just going to go sell more houses. I'm going to serve more people. A lot easier to say, I'm just going to increase my conversion from contact to customer, customer to client, client to contract, and contract to close. Friends, we have some exciting, exciting stuff coming up in future meetings that will help you do this. Tools and resources to make this super easy. Use Sync and it will all kind of synchronize up for you and give you these scoreboards so that you have intentional scoreboards to grow your business.